This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. If you have your Bibles, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, and this is Romans, and so if you, if you look at the book of Romans, all through, it seems like chapter 1 through 11 is kind of like a, a, a very intense, uh, detailed the life of Christ, living as a believer. And chapter 12 is just kind of a synopsis. It's kind of like a really good missionary's newsletter, all right? I get uh, missionary newsletters all the time, and the ones that are just filled with words and no pictures, they kind of go to file 13. The good missionary newsletter will have like three or four big pictures and just a synopsis of what is going on. I'll read that one. That one sticks on my desk. Romans chapter 12 is kind of a synopsis of living the life that God has destined for us, the life that we've always wanted. I know due to research that many people, it is a incredibly high percentage of people, are not living the life that they dreamed of. So when I talk to missionaries particularly Chi Alpha missionaries, sometimes I may come across very uh, strong, and I tell them, make sure you're being effective and doing the work of the Lord. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Because Jimmy and Julie are working at a job they don't like, and they're taking money from a job that they don't like, and sacrificing it and giving it to the missionary so that they can do the job that God has called them to. So do your job. And so, so many of us, as we begin 2019, we start looking and wondering, is this the life we've always wanted? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every parent, we just had a baby dedication, but every parent, and if you're not a parent here, you were a child, and your parents probably had this very same thought go through their heads. As you, the baby is born, you start thinking, thank you, God, and then you start dreaming, and then you're praying over them, and you have these kind of what I call storyboards, pictures in your minds of what this baby's life will be like. And so we all have these dreams. We want to know if our kids are going to be super smart or, or super athletic or, or both like my kids. Thank you for that. I was being funny. And many of you come into this place and you have your children and you have aspirations for them. And so when you bring them into church, you know what I think? Those parents love their kid, even if they're dragging them. If I see you downstairs correcting your child, I'm thinking, you love your child. I just taught a class with a bunch of college students, and the class was, what do you do when your parents don't want you to go to the mission field? 
And I just properly and, and challenge them to respect their parents. The fact that their parents don't want you to go tells me that they are loved. They care enough for their kids' safety. It all happens to all of us. So if you don't have a child, but you were a child, your parents were thinking this. Parents want the best for their kids. When kids, as they get older, I see them stomp their feet because you said something to them. I'm thinking, boy, those parents must really love them to endure that kind of frustration. When I see parents uh, of, of young adults, and I only know the young adults, I usually tell the parents, you did an awesome job because you must have had to say a, a 10,000 no's. No, you can't do that. And that takes courage. But why? Why? Because you have aspirations for your children. You want them to grow up to be whatever you might be thinking. And the point I'm trying to make here is that God has those same aspirations for us. He's a dad. He's a parent who says, I want my daughter. I want my daughters. I want my son. I have so many dreams for them. I have so many aspirations for them. And God, being a perfect father, his aspirations or dreams are perfect. You know, one of the weirdest things I began to go through my heart and mind was my, my youngest son uh, played soccer and he went off to college soccer. And I literally had to, he doesn't know this, but I really had to, like, it was really weird that I could catch myself that my identity as a parent was kind of attached to that. Oh, yeah, he's a college. And literally there was a little bit, uh, he's, a, he's a college athlete. And I remember asking Lord to help me to not be like that. And we find our identities in what our kids do. And sometimes we do the same thing. So are they going to be these great athletes? going to be these smart kids? Are they going to be the, the, the ballerinas? They're going to be all those things. We have all these things in our minds. But God has a picture in his mind for you and for me. But too many of us think that, okay, we know up here he loves us, but we don't experience his love. We haven't had an encounter of his love. So I know you're here, and we all think that, you know, that you're here, everything's good, but we don't know that. Just because you're here, we don't know everything's good. And sometimes we think that God is far away, but he's not. A very long time ago, for some reason I'm picking on Mason today, I don't even know how old he was. Let's just say he was seven years old. He was really sick. He was really sick, and, and um, we took him to the doctors, and the doctor explicitly told us if he throws up one more time, bring him back. And so they, we brought him home, and Robin had to leave, and she put him under my care, and uh, was not the best, wisest idea. He was upstairs. I was downstairs. I was watching sports. He was upstairs throwing up without me knowing it, so... But the instruction was, if he threw up one more time, take him to the emergency room. And so when he, uh, he threw up one more time, Robin calls, and she tells me, did he throw up? I'm like, I, I, I think so. I don't know. So she just came home and took over, as good moms do. And we rushed him to the doctors, and the doctor says, hey, let's just take him right to the emergency room. And we took him to the emergency room, and, we're, and they carted him away to do some tests. And all of a sudden, the doctor comes right into our room. No Mason. Full-blown appendicitis within minutes from bursting. We need to do surgery now. Sign here. And we're like, sign here. And something came over me. 
and if you know me very well, you know that it doesn't normally happen. I had this, literally, I felt it like from the bottom of my feet, this wave of emotion, and I began to cry. My sister called me at the time, I was like, so what's going on? And I, I couldn't even talk. My, I was, my lips were stammering, my tongue was stammering, and I didn't know what to do. All I wanted was my son to be well. I wanted him to be well. I wanted him to be healthy, to live the life that God has destined him to be. And I was so fearful. And, and again, these are emotions I believe that God feels for us. He desires for us to live according to his dream, his perfect dream for us. A lot of times our own dreams may be skewed, they might be selfish, but God's dreams for you and for me. So in 2019, as we read Romans chapter 12, we're going to see here that God has these parenting, parenting feelings as well, these emotions. He hurts when he sees his children who are sick and not living up to the fullness of what God has for them. So as we are going to go through these uh, Romans chapter 12 sermon series, I pray that God will help us to grow into the life that God wants for us, that God wants for us. God being a perfect father, a father of love, has so much awesome uh, aspirations for you and for me. As my kids got older, my dreams for them have changed. My youngest is now ready to graduate. My dreams for him have changed. You know what happens when you get older, and we only have a few older parents here. You know, it used to be, well, I want him to make sure he finishes school, and I want him to do this, and I want him to do that, and I want him to do this. And now it's changed a little bit. Now it's like, I hope he's a good person. I hope she's a good person. I hope she knows God. I hope he knows God. It's so it's, it, it stops from being like, I hope he's, uh, you know, whatever gets his education becomes this. Job description. It really becomes what kind of person he becomes. You know, as a parent, it seems like the greatest joys and greatest uh, hurts come from your children. Somehow they can really... Uh, dig deep and attach themselves to these, these strings of emotions, of frustration or joy. But as I've gotten older and as they've gotten older, my desire for them has changed. Now I'm praying that, God, I hope they know you. It's not, it used to be like, I hope you know, they can go to this certain school. I hope they can get onto this certain team. I hope they can finish that. And there's still some of that, but most of it is like, I hope they know you. I hope they're good people with each other. At Thanksgiving time, there's some sort of unity and friendship. I hope they're good to their neighbors. I hope that when I talk to their friends or their coworkers and I ask them, what kind of person is that person, my son or my daughter, I pray that they say, oh, he's a very kind. I have a brother who's in the military, and uh, my dad asked that question to some of his, my brother was a lieutenant colonel in the army, and they asked some of his, my dad just, they didn't know who my dad, they didn't know who my dad was. 
And he asked some of the subordinates, and they, he asked them, how, how is your, uh, what is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Solari like? And they didn't have nice things to say. Now, in the military, that comes with the job. But in real life, in neighbor life, in church life, and all those, I just pray that, is this the life we've always wanted? And I believe God has the same desires for us. You, if you know me long enough, you know that I don't, um, I changed. I would say I changed about 10 years ago. It used to be, you need, you need to go do this. You need to go across the world. You need to start a Bible study. You need to read your Bible. You need to do all this. And I, would just, I was just in that mode. And then I, something clicked that somehow God is more concerned of who I am than what I do. So I stopped praying, Lord, what plan do you have for me? And I started praying, God, what kind of me do you have for your plan? Because God has a plan for us. So let's move on because we're running a little late. Now, I want to talk to you about gifts, but we don't have time. But I'm going to show you some of my gifts that I've given Robin throughout the years. Christmas. Don't laugh too hard. I'm being serious and I'm being vulnerable, all right? I'm being vulnerable. My wife of 31 years, I'm going to rank them from worst to least. And, uh, and, and if you've gotten a gift like this, I'm not, I'll tell you why they're worse, not because they're bad in themselves. All right. Cato is a fashion store, women's clothing store. The one I'm aware of, it was actually called Fashion Bug, but I couldn't find a Google picture of it, all right? Uh, right next to Walmart. And I bought one year. It's like our third year marriage. I, I went to this store on Christmas Eve night. And I literally just like, just grabbing stuff and put it, put it in a bag, wrap the bag, and here you go. Was not received very well, to say the least. This one, I put a lot of thought into it. And these are all the main gifts. It's not like a side gift, the main gift. This is a cereal bowl that uh, you slide the cereal down into the milk. And my wife doesn't like soggy cereal, so I bought this as the main gift. Uh, was not received very well, all right? <laughs> this is just a couple years ago, and I built it up, had this box, this next one. And let's put it this way. Robin thought it was going to be some sort of jewelry ring, a diamond ring or something, the way I was building it up. And I didn't know I was building it up like this, but it ended up being a volleyball ball. <laughs> My kids were there, you guys were right there, right? It was, pretty, was not received very well. Uh, these are not in all chronological order, but one year, uh, about four years ago, three years ago, I bought her a baking mixer. And even though in the back of my head it's like, don't buy anything you can plug in, don't buy anything you can plug in, but I couldn't help it, so I bought something that you could plug in. Was received pretty good, all right? Then one year I bought her some Uggs. Now, she was happy. She was really happy about this gift, but it, it, really, it really didn't hit home. Now, Robin's not picky, and if you know my wife, she works hard. And my house is, is clean, it is uh, closed. I mean, she does it all, and I constantly tell her thank you. And so it's like my one time to really say thank you for all that you've done, and I got her a pair of Uggs. Why am I telling you this? Well, this past week, uh, Christmas time, 
I decided to give her something different, and I bought her a trip to Madrid, Spain. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> she cried. She literally, I have the video I won't show you because we were in Christmas morning look, and she cried. She cupped her face and literally just read and started crying. But really, this is not why she was crying. All that she was crying about that is because I, uh, I'm working it out that maybe she gets to meet this guy. So, uh, my wife and I are going to go see a big game called El Clasico. For those of you who don't know, I mean, it is big, and it's rare, and it is exactly, you would think this is what I would want. I do not want my wife to be tempted, all right? So that's not... Why am I sharing this? I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm a very bad gift giver. And why am I a bad gift giver? Here's the vulnerable part. I haven't really taken the time, the adequate time it takes to hear someone, hear their heart, and figure out what they want. I usually get to the point where I think I would like this. I think I would like this. And finally, after 31 years of marriage, I hit, I hit a home run. Why? Because I listened to her. I was determined this year to listen. What can I do? Now, what, what is this to do with the Bible? Well, Romans chapter 12, at the beginning of Romans chapter 12, verse 1, if you have your Bible, just look at it, Romans chapter 12. The best gift we can give someone in Romans chapter 12, I mentioned it two weeks ago at our Christmas service, the best gift if we listen to God and we hear him and we spend time with him and we read his word, we're going to figure out that he doesn't want a cereal bowl with cereal that slides into the milk. Nice, but it's not what he wants. He doesn't want Uggs. He doesn't want a mixer. He wants us. He wants you. He wants me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. He wants you. He wants me. So we start 2019. We could say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Because God wants us so that he, be, he can begin to mold us in his image. Again, it's not what we do, it's who we become. And we can't become Christ-like if we keep him far away. and We don't know what he wants. He wants us. That's why he did that. To come and be with us. To be with you. He wants us. Therefore, our brothers, I, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as the living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. He doesn't just want religious activity. He doesn't just want your attendance, although those are all good. He doesn't want just formalities. He just, doesn't just want you to say the words. He wants you. 
all of you. Because God's a person. God's a person. He's not an entity. He's not some figment of our imagination. He's not just some force. You know, I look at my brother uh, Royce here. He travels a lot. And he's smart because he, he, when he can, he travels with his family. When you're, when you're apart, it's really weird. I travel a lot, and I remember just sometimes you're gone for a couple of weeks, and it's just, it's just strange coming back together. And some people haven't learned how to get back with God. Maybe they've been estranged for whatever reason. He wants us. He's a person. He wants to, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the word intimacy. Um, I feel like sometimes the church can, uh, our church culture can use a lot of effeminate words. You know, usually, you know, you're not going to talk to your plumber and say, hey, can you come to church where it can be intimate with Jesus? And he's like, whoa, what are you talking about? You know, you come to ch- talk to your electricians, hey, come to church because we can be passionate and intimate with Jesus. And he's like, whoa, I'm not sure about that. Uh, so some of the words that we use can be, it could give a different connotation. But here we are in church, but God does desire a closeness and intimacy. And I don't really like to use the analogy of, of marriage, marriage intimacy. If you know what I mean, we have some kids here in the room. But there's something dynamic about that, that God created. It's intense, it's vulnerable, and there's something fulfilling about marital intimacy. And I don't like to use this analogy for, for a reason, maybe in my age, but, but there is something that when you give of yourself to God, there's something intense that comes with that. That's why I pray. I pray for all my kids and, and for you, Lord, help them to have an encounter with the living God, not just some force, not just some imagination, not some religious activity, but an encounter with the person of Jesus. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. It'll change, it's changing my life. The second thing in verse 2, chapter 12. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. And how can you be transformed? I know this sounds like pie in the sky. You can be transformed by being close and, and serious with Jesus. We have to be purposeful. Let our minds be transformed. The third point, for by grace was given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself sober judgment a sober self-assessment as we begin 2019. And this is where it's the challenge. Typically, when we speak or I speak and I'm trying to tap out my message, typically most people don't think he must be talking to me. We typically think he must be talking to our neighbor. But I'm asking you, if you want that close relationship with God, 
that you're going to have to have a sober assessment of yourself. Where really are you in your relationship with God? Be honest. Talk to him. Be honest with him. So as we begin 2019 and we're going to go through this little series, I just want to challenge you. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you to tap into the Holy Spirit, that powerful source of the Holy Spirit, not source, person of the Holy Spirit to help you to begin to transformation. And then, of course, part of that is have a sober assessment of where we are. Now, I'm not going to show you the second video of Charles Barkley golfing, but there is a second video, and it's pretty profound in what he says about his golf game. I'll show it to you next week, all right? But I'm going to ask us to pray. I'm going to ask us to pray. So, Lord, help us. Let's just bow our heads. I'm going to ask our, our band to come up. We're going to finish our time. Lord, we admit that maybe we're not living your dream, we're living our own dream. Lord, we admit that possibly that we're just um, concerned of what we do, and we haven't really thought about who we are. Lord, sometimes we think of you as a, we, you know in our minds that you're a king and a lord and a father, but in our hearts, we don't really act like that. We, we act as though you're just a powerful force. Lord, help us to tap into your life. Help us to tap into your life. And Lord, help us as we, we joked around about my lousy gifts, that we hear your heart. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Is there an era in your life that you say, wow, I don't know if I've given that over to the Lord? You don't have to tell me. Are you where you want to be? I know I'm not. I know I'm not where I want to be. So, Lord, I'm going to ask you to help me this year to take steps on my journey with you that will draw me closer to you. Lord, we say thank you, Father. Let's just stand and just, let's just sing this song together and we'll wrap up our time, our first service of 20, 2019. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.